Artane Podcast. Hey, Ganger Artane. I'm here to tell you about ABM Conversations, hosted by Yag Ganesh, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. His podcast helps B2B marketers and sales professionals explore strategies, tactics, and real experiments to drive revenue, customer engagement, and retention. He recently had an episode that fits right into our customer success sweet spot about how to create personalized content experiences in B2B SaaS, something that you all should check out. So go listen to ABM Conversations wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back to the episode of Ganger Artane. Jay is off traveling, gallivanting the country. He is. Shake- He's off having so much fun without us, Jeff. Yeah, shaking hands, kissing babies. So you have Christy and I. Christy, how you doing? I'm great. How are you, Jeff? Good. How are we checking in today? Uh, I'm going to say I'm a seven and a half. Uh, came off of a really great trip last week. Got to see my team, some of them for the first time and meet them for the first time ever, which left me on a high. And, you know, I think we're, we're, we're wrapping up the end of the first quarter and I can't believe we're already there, but we've got yeah. some great projects underway and, and doing good work. So I'm feeling good about that. That is, uh, I love that you were able to see your team in person. What do you, you know, what, what do you think? What's like the number one thing you think everybody got out of it, got out of that time together? I mean, honestly, as we would say with customer success, the relationship development, Um, spending time with each other and like getting to know each other even deeper and in a a different way and capacity. I don't know. It just felt, it felt really special. I think the team feels more bonded. There's more trust. There's more understanding. Um, And so I think it's just going to, that will transcend into the work that we do together and the collaboration over time. So I'm just super pumped about that. Yeah. The other thing that I always feel like you get from those as well is just like momentum and energy. Like when people get together, like it just changes, like you said, like a little bit of the dichotomy. And so you're like, I don't know, now you're back looking on, you know, we're probably back on Zooms, but then, you know, when you're there, you're like, oh, remember that? Remember last week, we've now got some inside jokes. We've now got a little bit of different perspective. And, but now we're excited because we were able to get together, probably answer some questions, probably get on the same page about a couple of things. So that's really cool. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that at some point soon. I think I, we get to go in May. Uh, some of our marketing team is going to a conference in Austin. And so I'm looking forward to that. We get, that'll be the first time I get to meet a lot of our marketing leadership team in person. Um, and so I think we're planning a little bit of fun, a little bit of work. Um, and I think it'll be probably the same, same as you. I think it's a short, short trip, but it'll be worth it. Yeah. I mean, Austin, it sounds like you probably have a little bit more fun than a little bit more work. Um, Austin, <laughs> one of my favorite cities ever. So you guys will enjoy that. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm checking in at like, we'll say a seven as well. I think we're making same, same as you, maybe even an eight, you know, we're a lot of good things we're, we're making progress on. And so, um, I'm always a big like momentum person myself. So if I can feel momentum and like, I can feel like there's at least, even if it's small steps, if we're like making forward momentum, then it just, um, translates into a lot of good energy for me and positivity. So, um, I think we're doing that. We, so we're left to our own devices today. And so I think what we were just chatting about and um, a topic that we thought would be interesting is um, we are, you know, a couple of times we've had to do this um, and, and we're approaching it again. But, um, you know, in some cases we have uh, maybe a new product or kind of a new model or new editor or kind of theming or whatever it might be. Right. But there's there's an upgrade process and or. Um, a process that we have to essentially migrate some of our customers from a version of the software to a new version. And so you and I were just kind of going back and forth about this and we thought it'd be a great topic because it brings in a couple of different angles. Um, so first let's t- maybe take a look from the customer side. 
um, you know, of going through this? And, you know, what are some of the thoughts that come to mind for you to keep in mind, you know, as we're going into this um, and we're, we're thinking about it, hey, we're, we're trying to move you from one to the other. And there's most likely a good reason for us to do that, right? There's, there's something, there's some tangible benefit or value that you're going to get out of it as a customer. But what are some of the things that, that come to mind for you that we need to make sure and, and think about um, from the customer lens? They're scared, right? You are basically, you're, you're, you're forcing them, we'll use the word forcing, them to a new solution that they're not familiar with, they're not acclimated to, they haven't chosen, right? When people yep. usually select a software, they've vetted it, they feel good about it, they've looked at it against other solutions, and they're moving forward based on their decision to do so. It meets all of their criteria. Um, when you are migrating customers over solution or something that feels very different, it can be scary. And so I think that that needs to be at the forefront of how you approach it with your customers because it will impact the experience. So I think anything you can do to ease their concern, um, whether it's, you know, showcasing the platform before you're going through the process, making them understand yep. what the changes are, how to use it. If there is a demo environment, you can give them to understand and have access to it work with them to understand their rollout and just remember that you're going to be going through change management all over again. I think those all need to be considered before you even embark on what the process is going to look like to get them there. That, yeah, that's, that's a place I was going to start too. Is um, It's almost like weeks in advance of the actual change. There needs to be that communication. Um, and I think there's, there's probably a balance there, but I think sometimes people err on the side of, well, I don't want to tell them too early, right? Because then it, it might almost, you know, all of a sudden we might lose ARRs or people might want to just leave. And I think, um, I don't know, the bark is always worse than the bite. Like, I don't think that's really the, the, the scenario that happens often. So I think multiple weeks in advance, like you said, how do we prepare them? Here's the changes upcoming. Here's what that means for you. Here's the work that's going to be on your end. Here's the work that's going to be on our end. And so I think making sure that there's a series of communications and that's not, and I think this comes back to, um, that's not just from a CSM either, right? That's, I mean, we have to have uh, email campaigns that are running. We have to be talking about this through the product itself. If we have some in-product messaging, um, the CSM needs to be able to reinforce that. Um, maybe it's that we put out, like you said, there's like certain webinars or trainings that we can do. Um, there's, you know, short little Loom videos that we can showcase. And so um, I think about that quite a bit as well. The one the one piece that you hit on is, is that I think is big is almost like, almost looking at it and trying to narrow that scope too, to say, if you used to do X in this platform, here's how you do X in this other platform. And, and in some cases, like even that little um, piece is gonna make people feel comfortable because they're saying, oh, I can still achieve or do X or achieve X in both platforms. Okay, I'm putting my mind a little bit at ease. Otherwise we're left to want, like our minds are left to wander. That's the other thing I think about is you can't let the customer wander or else that's, where, I think that's where you get into a big trouble. Yeah, I mean, definitely where there's a lack of narrative, they'll create one. Um, I will say all the time, right? People want to feel like change is happening with them, not to them. So as much as you can pull them along through this journey and help them understand that this is complete value add to them, that they're not losing anything, that they're only gaining more. And try not to get in the weeds about the feature function, right? Like, oh, well, the button moved from the left to the right. And now everyone's panicking. Right. That's not where you want to take the conversation, but it's the overall, you know, their ability to drive more value have an easier, better experience in the solution. Like those are the things that I think you got to anchor on. So, you know, if you kind of turn back into the, um, so we looked at the customer and how they're going to perceive this. If we're back inside the business, um, you know, does it make sense? And oftentimes are you supposed to do this, you know, when customers are renewing or are you just, 
Are we just kind of going through tiers of customers and okay, tier one through tier three, and we're kind of moving from top to bottom or like, what are ways maybe that you've seen that happen or ways that you can construct and say, okay, let's, let's go do this in like the most effective manner um, in the manner that's going to, you know, essentially achieve the best outcome for us and for the customer. Yeah, I mean, we've taken a few different approaches. So I've gone through this journey, a migration journey at two other companies where we had a full organizational orchestration of a full migration. There's a lot of IONs. Um, But really, I mean, I think our first approach was just understanding the customer base and who, I don't want to say who would be the easiest, but for part of it, we wanted to make sure that it was working Right. And so a lot of it, we kind of tested with some of our, what we would say customers that opted into beta programs. And so we'd have one tranche of customers to start with who we knew would be a part of designing a very good experience and process for and with us who wouldn't feel the disruption. And that allowed us to test our processes and to make sure that we had the right teams, the right people, the right initiatives to help support this as seamlessly as possible. So we always started with that. And that always helped us to like, just kind of iron out all the kinks. And so that way, as we thought about it, um, we'd start to bring in different criteria. So in some cases, um, we've never done it based on renewal. Um, it was more on what their deployment looked like. Um, that seemed to be the, the primary criteria. So at one organization I was at, we looked at the ones that was a lower barrier of entry. So we started yep. with a, a tranche of customers where it would be easier to migrate based on the, the products that they bought and what they were using in our suite. And so for them, it might be more of a hit the switch. Whereas for our larger enterprise customers, where it would require more customization and configuration, and that would be a, a bigger weight and burden for us, we kind of moved those along a little bit slower and they were further down in that process. So we found that to be very successful for us because in terms of the number of customers we were able to move and the timeline in which we we're able to move them, that worked, right? Starting with a beta, starting with the customers where there was a lower barrier entry to get them over and then kind of working upstream. Yeah, that is... Um... That is the thing that that I was thinking about as well, like quite a bit, is that like the complexity of the customer is probably the first tranche to look at because that also determines, it's almost like you can, that complexity, you can bring in different skill sets or different like people to help essentially like figure out that solution, right? Like almost like you were saying, like an enterprise type of um, complication or complexity. Okay, how do we bring in maybe more technical account managers or technical assets that can be kind of on the ready, on hand, know their environments, can um, help us really migrate that versus, you know, somebody who uh, maybe is more in the SMB version. Like you said, they've they've kind of taken the standard approach. They've got it configured in a certain way that we feel very comfortable with. Um, and so I think about that, you know, that complexity score going up and down. The renewal piece, I think, is interesting to me as well, because um, I think you could probably present it. I don't think it's going to work out in every scenario, right? Because, um not every customer is renewing and just, you know, in that let's just call it in a given 12 months. And there's probably all these other factors, but I think it's probably something to look at complexity as well as that renewal. And if there are customers, let's just say who are renewing in this year and we could align this migration to that renewal, it probably sets up a great conversation because it's, Hey, we would like to move you to this new platform, you know, as part of this migration, you know, let's make sure we get this renewal done. Um, and it feels like something of value that the customer is getting and um, you can kind of make it a part of that conversation. So it seems um, like you could fold it into that, but it, um, you know, to me, like at the end of the day, like that, that I think is not necessarily the the deciding factor to me. I think I would look at complexity first. Um, and I think the other thing I was just thinking about that you could probably put in there as like a marker for you to figure out which customers is 
who are your champions or vocal customers who, um, like you said, even outside of the beta, like I'm just thinking who are, the, who are those first customers that you could get on this new solution and you could take some quotes from them, you know, they go talk about it, you know, they'd be excited um, because that's also, again, I'll go back to this word, word of momentum, but that's also an area where you can say, okay, um, you know, Christy is, is a great customer of ours. I know she's out in the market. I know she's talking to people and, um, you know, I just want her to be on the new one because when she's talking about our, our solution, she's going to be the one who brings it up or mentions it. Uh, and that can be such a benefit for us too. So I think you got, you also have to figure out who can, um, be a vocal advocate for you out in the market, um, and kind of go along that path. So that is another piece that, um, I think about too, as part of that, part of that program or part of that way you're trying to prioritize and look at those customers um, and put them into cohorts. Spoken like a true marketer, Jeff. Um, (laughs) Listen, yes, we all want to build advocates. And yes, especially if you've got a new product out in the market, you want people singing its praise, talking about it loud and proud. So I definitely think that's something to consider. Um, I think a nice add-on to to pulling people into that early tranche of customers that you're moving over. Um, You did hit on something. So with the renewal thing, I think something that's interesting is if your pricing model is changing, alongside of this, right? So it's not uncommon for customers to release a new product. um, And it could be, listen, hey, we're moving from this like enterprise one size fits all solution, right? Like this, or not enterprise, right? Uh, We're moving from this solution, a simple solution, everything, you get everything for one to maybe a modular solution where now you're going to be able to sell add-ons and like different components of your product. Anyway, you do it, it might impact pricing. And so if you do time it with a renewal period, um, it could benefit you because you can then at that point have those commercial discussions. So I think it's something to consider, um, but pricing, I think, and I'd love to hear the, your take on this, does also, I think, play a role in how you manage this and whether it's, you know what, we're going to sit tight on the pricing and you know hold them on what they're paying today and we'll worry about the growth when we have that commercial conversation or some folks do want to say, hey, listen, we've migrated you over and now as a result of that, you know, their, our pricing model is changing. Getting your business running in ship shape isn't as easy as clicking a button, but it is as easy as implementing a CRM platform that's purpose-built for you and your business. Other CRMs can be cobbled together from disparate systems, but HubSpot is carefully crafted in-house for enterprise or scaling businesses alike. Its suite of operations and sales tools work together seamlessly so you and your team can focus on optimizing the customer experience. For all my ops folks out there, the Sandbox feature lets you test and iterate workflows, web pages, and integrations before going live so your customer user flow is perfected before it gets into production. For the sales teams, team email lets you turn customer emails into tickets or send them straight into your shared inbox, keeping everyone on your team in the know at all times. Learn how to grow better by connecting your people, your customers, and your business at HubSpot.com. Yeah. I think that one, yeah, I think that's the touchy part, right? Um, because you you want to show that you're advancing the software and the solution, that you're being innovative, right? That you're kind of pushing the boundaries. But at the same time, like when do you, when can you conceivably capture that value? Is it, like you said, is it when we first migrate or is it? So that's why I think part of it is, um, part of it is uh, that renewal conversation. And when that is, I think that, plays a part. So let's just say the renewal is happening this year. I think that commercial conversation becomes a part of it. And I think most likely you are going to probably increase the cost for the customer during a renewal, right? There's probably going to be some sort of three to four to 5% increase that was already going to be there. So I think that conversation is most likely the easier of the the ones that are out there. 
I think what happens is let's just say you're midterm with a customer, you're migrating them. That's when you say, okay, what do I do? And I think, you know, most likely what you try to have to run the numbers on is, okay, if we keep the customer at the same now, it, you know, can we capture that value at that next renewal? And is our finance team and is our, our you know, executive team comfortable with doing that? Um, and do we have a likelihood that we can do that? Or, you know, hey, we're migrating them now. We want to capture that value now. Um, and then you, you almost have to make the customer choose. Do you want the new one? And we upgrade the pricing or do you want to stay on the old version? Um, and then you kind of put that into their hands. I think that one gets to me a little tight because then, you know, the customer's feeling like, okay, well, why are you nickel and diming me to move up to this platform? You know, like why? But I think at the end of the day, the conversation has to be around, hey, we are, we are essentially creating better solutions for you. We're creating better solutions for the market. You know, we want to make sure that we're capturing the right value for both, you know, you and I in this conversation. So I think the trickier part comes when it's a, that, that midterm um, type of upgrade scenario or migration path. And then I think that's where you have to have a good, uh, I think you have to have a good record and almost you have to have like a war room that you're going through with your CSMs that say, okay, who are the midterm conversations that are coming up in the next couple of weeks? What's the playbook we're running? Um, how comfortable do you feel about this? What relationships do we have with that organization? I think that becomes a lot more like tactical and specific. And you have, and I think that's where your, um, your customer success leader probably plays a lot larger role in those conversations. Like I think the renewal ones probably work themselves out. The people who aren't really going to be um, upgrading or migrating, you know, are fine right now. So I think it's that, hey, let's develop this tactical war room style meeting where, you know, we're hitting on, um, we're hitting on this, hitting on this customer who we know is midterm, we know is probably going to have some sort of conversation um, about the commercial side. And it's not that the customer success leader has to jump in all the time, right? But be there to coach, be there to ask the right questions ahead of time, right? Hey, if we at least have a list of all the opportunities that are coming up in the next couple of weeks, um, there's a lot better like planning and scenarios that we can do, we can practice, um, and we can be a lot more collaborative ahead of time. Um, and that's also where I think the other executive team members can get involved too. If I have a report that says, hey, here are 10 upcoming migrations that we're going to have that are midterm. We don't know how the conversation is going to go. Like that's when the executive, the entire executive team can rally around that list and kind of say, Oh, I've got a relationship at this account. Like I can come in and help or, Hey, um, have you thought about positioning it in this way? And so I think that's just where, you know, as a customer success manager, as a customer success team, like that's when, if you can bring and present that data, I think internally to the teams, that's when you can start to ask for help in the right ways. I think if you just came and said, Oh no, our customers are on fire that everything's going wrong. That's, you know, what you don't want to do. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot to unpack there. I want to go back to a couple of things that you said. So when you talked about customers who might be wanting to move forward or not wanting to move forward at any given time, right? I think, it, I think it's important to set some boundaries around when you want to have all of your customers migrated over, even if you're allowing your customers to opt into when it's appropriate for them. So they might say, not now, I'm not ready to move over, um, but making sure that you do let them know that like, okay, that's fine. Maybe now is not a good time for you, but by X date, we will, we are intending to have all of our customers over to our new solution. So this old solution will be deprecated and no longer available to you, right? So I think being very clear around your organizational intentions of how long you're going to keep an old solution live when you're going through the migration period. I think something else, um, you've got to be talking about it through the value for your customers, right? So when you're managing all the price increase conversations and any 
commercial conversation. Um, what we found really well is that for early adopters on new solutions when we're going through the migration, we've incentivized it really heavily, right? So if you want to be somebody who's moving over earlier and we there are pricing adjustments that are being made, we would talk to them about, great, like there's an incentive to you doing this. Not only are you going to get access to all of this new value from the new upgraded product, but we'll make it worth your make it worth your while. And so we'd even use that to do a bunch of like rip and replace contracts and, and multi-year contracts, right? So like how creative can you get from a commercial standpoint to incentivize your customers to maximize the value from your new product? Yes. That is the the levers that you just mentioned and like the ability to um, to use those to your advantage because every customer cares about something different, right? One customer might say, you know what, I care a lot about um, the terms of my deal. And when I have to actually, when the cash has to come out of my pocket or yeah. says, Hey, I'm, I'm much more concerned about signing a three-year deal and getting a discount because I want to lock in the price. And so, um, I think that is such a great point. And I think that's also, you know, again, I think sometimes early in your career, when you're a customer success manager, you're looking at those conversations saying, Oh my gosh, the customer is going to freak out. We're going to be asking for more money. We're going to be upgrading them on a new platform. And like you said, I think as you get, as you mature in your career, as you start getting into some like more of those scenarios, you start to realize um, if you approach it and say, hey, here's the scenario, here's what's happening. Here are the options that we have, right? Here are the levers that we have. Which lever is essentially most important to you and your business? I think that's where the conversation starts to um, become favorable for both sides. And that's where, uh, like you said, I think it's a great, great call out. I did not think of that. I don't know why. I just had a what we're in the business of making things mutually beneficial right yeah. so i think that there's always creative ways and i think having some of those things teed up right just like every sales team i'm sure has their discounting rate card right they know what their their low watermarks are before they have to go to leadership for approval we'll provide the team the frontline team who's managing the commercials around the migration provide them those same levers and make it so that they don't need to go back and forth for approval say these things are automatically on the table get creative um as long as it's a favorable outcome for both parties, right? The customer is getting what they need. They feel good about it. And we're we're getting the added benefit of either getting them migrated over earlier, locking in a longer deal, you know, whatever, whatever that benefit is to the organization. Yeah, that is that is a great point. And I think um that is that brings me back to like one scenario that I think we did early on here at Higher Logic, which was um one of the first things we identified was that because we joined kind of at the I won't call it the tail end of COVID because that's still going on. Uh, it was like the tail end of 2020, right? And so we were still in the midst of a lot of back and forth with customers and trying to figure out how can we be beneficial? How can we how can we be favorable for both sides? And there was a lot of back and forth. And I think one thing that you just mentioned is, is something that I think can be valuable to a CSM team, which is speed and being able to be decisive. And so we went back and forth with finance and said, okay, these are three to four scenarios that we're comfortable with taking. And these are ones that the team can use. And here you go, go do those, right? Anything fell outside those bounds, then it would come and kind of get to the approval of, okay, hey, here, we're kind of in a, a certain scenario. And like, you know, what do people think? How can we approve it? But I think, like you said, giving the empowerment back to the team to say, hey, these are the three, three or four scenarios. You have the option and, and the ability to move and navigate in this, in this area um, was something advantageous for them. And also, was, I think the speed and the response to the customer was like a big deal. Um, and the customer felt that. Um, I know we just have a couple minutes left. So I'm curious, another question for you as you think about this migration, right? It can tend to take a lot of resources internally. And I think sometimes people um, people are like, okay, well, who's gonna do this, right? We don't have like, oh, I'm already so busy. Who's gonna, who's gonna do this? How do you think about almost like staffing for these types of um, scenarios where 
you know, let's just say you're going through a migration, right? You're trying to upgrade. Um, it's not like one customer at a time, right? You're trying to migrate, let's just say hundreds or thousands of customers in some cases, let's over a 12 month span. So how do you, how do you think about like that um, internal team and how you're trying to essentially talk to that, talk to the CSM team about that or CS team in general? Yeah. So I think the first thing to think about is the fact that like, is this as an organization, is this your top priority, right? I think it comes down to priorities and you can't have competing priorities. So if this is a company, you've all, all of your leaders and all of your teams have said, getting our customers from one solution to the other within what period of time and making sure that all the commercials are ironed out, if that is a top priority for the business, then I think it's just a matter of reallocating the time and ensuring that all the teams understand how this fits into their role. So for example, I might have like five different projects or initiatives, smaller things that I have the team working on at any given time, in addition to their day job. But at that point, right, all of those things have to take a backseat. Those are no longer our priority. So anytime, in addition to the team's kind of core function, we might need them to just say, as part of your engagement with your customers, this is part of the, this is part of your role now. This is part of the scope of the work that you're doing. But you got to build in time for them, and you've got to be very clear on the directives you're providing because this is going to feel like more, but it just needs to feel different. And so I think it's just helping guide them through that. And I think you're also going to have to think about just resources in its entirety through this process. I mean, you and I were chatting before, but like you're going to need a technical team that is going to be working behind the scenes to like make the sausage, right? Like do all of the things. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to have to pluck those resources from other teams or the departments and maybe build like this kind of migration team that is responsible for, for making that a thing. So I think it's, it's a little bit of like, you know, you beg, borrow and steal, find the right people and the resources to build that out. But then for folks that are taking this on as an additional scope into their day jobs, helping them understand priorities, where they can save time, how do they build it into what they're doing today? So they're not feeling overwhelmed and it's not just additive you've got to be very clear and kind of removing and clearing some things off their plate and helping them understand the organizational priorities. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I don't have any, anything to add. I mean, I think you're hot <laughs> on like the, like the, just the idea, right. Of, of um, this is like a give and take, Hey, we're not just going to add to your plate. We think that you're the best person for helping us through this transition and this role. Here's, here's the role that we need you to play on this team. And so we're going to, you know, take your projects or whatever you have going on. We're going to spread them across the team, or we're going to um, find a way to make sure that those things get done so that you can focus on this because this is a priority. Um, and I think as an individual contributor, those are the moments that you look for and you say, okay, I'm going to jump at that because that is where you, um, a couple of things happen. You tend to get some visibility in the organization, right? Because yep. those projects tend to be um, executives are involved in them or other teams, right? You're starting to get involved with products probably involved to migrate these um, technical teams. You've got most likely account managers or somebody else who's, who's having, having conversations as well. So um, you get this visibility across the organization. And then two, I think it just broadens your skill set and it gets you outside of the day-to-day, -day, right? You're probably doing this role. And um, as much as we all love our jobs, there's sometimes is that day-to-day -day monotony where you're like, okay, I've been doing the same thing for a long time. This is a great way for you to say, hey, you know what? I get a little bit of a cool reset for two, three, four months, maybe it's six months, and I get to go do this and focus on something else. Um, and it changes that perspective. It changes your energy level and um, momentum. And so I just think when you're an individual contributor, um, I've always been of the camp of like, say yes, not no, because those opportunities don't come very frequently. And um, even in some cases, like raising your hand ahead of time is also a good thing, right? Hey, I hear we're going to be coming out with a new product, there's probably going to be migrations, right? How can I be on that team? I don't need to lead it, but I'd love to be on that team. Even just saying stuff like that, like that to your leader, 
um, would be a good thing as well. So yeah, right. I mean, these are these are launchpad moments for any for anybody in their career. Take advantage of it. I mean, I and honestly, to your point, it actually can be a lot of fun too. If an organization really is rallying around this, you're you're kind of part of this hero team that's done this Herculean project and gotten all your customers over to a new solution. Like that's huge. To your point, visibility is massive. Yeah, we just talked through. Okay, so migrations. So we we looked at it from the customer lens. Let's prepare them. Let's make sure we're communicative ahead of time. Um, let's really be empathetic, right? We're moving them from something that they know to something that they don't know. Um, we talked about it from like the, the team lens. Okay, how do we start looking at um, the business side and saying, okay, which customers we focus on? How do we think about contracts? Um, what are the right customers to migrate? And then, you know, a little bit here at the end around um, what it's like to be a team member on that team. How do we how do we raise our hand? How do we look at that as an opportunity? So um, I think this is a good one. I like this. I'm glad, I'm glad we picked this topic because this is um i think relevant i feel like this one could have been a full hour too jeff this we, we could have yeah. unpacked this a little bit more but this is a great topic all right well uh, it was good to see you we'll um we'll see you here next week and hopefully jay will be back with us as well yes awesome right. bye jeff talk to you soon hey everybody jay here thanks for tuning into the podcast you know this started as a labor of love for jeff and i a couple of years ago and it's really turned into a movement around customer success and community, and we couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of it. Um, we grow this by word of mouth, so we'd, we'd love it if you're willing and you find value in what you hear on this podcast. Leave us a rating or a review on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll help us grow and, and provide value to more customer success professionals. Also, if you haven't yet, please sign up for Gain, Grow, Retain, the online community it's gaingrowretain.com. You can meet other people, make one-on-one -on -one connections, share ideas, get ideas, grow your career ultimately. Um, be on the lookout also for live events, both in-person and virtual this year. We're excited to get back to that. And thanks for being part of the community. We look forward to talking to you soon. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.